Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So you talked a little bit about this, Mike, but what specific um, SEO are you using to promote your, your websites? Maybe Joe could talk about that. I don't do the SEO stuff. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Tell us your SEO secrets. <laughs> well, so I've, I've been doing SEO since around 2016. And when I first started doing it, it was like a total uh, failure. Um, you know, I, I was started with kind of the, I don't know, I guess the most generic techniques that you can think of, but I, I won't get into that. I'll just talk about what I do now. Um, so right now I really, really am big on going after long tail, high intent keywords. Um, you know, so if we're on the subject of, of lawnmowers, you know, and I was selling lawnmowers and a keyword I might want to go after is best lawnmower for a five acre yard or something like that. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, the first reason is because if someone is searching for that rather than they're searching for best lawnmower, the odds are you can deliver them exactly what they're looking for. Um, you know, ranking for best lawnmower is great and, but, and you can probably drive a ton of traffic and make a ton of sales doing that. But if you have a new website, that's not likely to happen, uh, anytime soon. So that's why I like to go after those high intent, long tail keywords, even if the keyword tools are showing that they have little to no traffic, because I've found that I can plug something into a keyword tool and it could say, oh, this has zero search volume, but that page ends up getting 80 to 100 hits a day. And the reason for that is because, you know, if I'm going after a keyword or if I make my page about the best lawnmower for a five acre yard, you know, it's going to probably first start ranking for that specific query, best lawnmower for a five acre yard. But after that, it's going to start ranking for like lawnmower for five acre yard and all the different variations of those keywords and their variations that you didn't even think of at first. And so I, that, that's, that's the way that I approach SEO, um, you know, and the best, so call these like the best X for Y keywords, best lawnmower for five acre yard, but there's all sorts of different types of other keywords that you can think of other types of keyword modifiers. Um, a funny one that I like to, that we like to use sometimes is, you know, how to remove a, like a stain from your carpet, like a red wine stain from your carpet. If, because that's, that's, a, that's a, a, that search indicates that that person has a problem and there could be a product oriented solution. So it's not even a, you know, that's not even something where you would, that might not be something that you would target like with a Google shopping ad. You might negative keyword that because the intent, you know, you might waste a little money, but with, if it's something you can rank for easily and you have a good solution for it. Uh, so yeah, that those can make great keywords as well. Um, product comparison keywords can make great keywords. You know, if you're selling a bunch of different brands that are similar, people want to know like what's the difference between them. Um, so those are, yeah, other great keyword modifiers that, that sell a lot and that will rank for lots of different terms on one page. Um, once you get it live. The other thing I love about that is, is using, using that, those long tails for ads too. Like a lot of people don't know how effective that is because you're, your, your spend is going to be ultra low and your conversion is going to be ultra high. So especially when you're starting out, you know, those high intent, like you said, those high intent keywords, 
the bid's going to be low. You're going to, you know, you won't get nearly as much traffic. Everybody always goes after like the top three keywords, right? Same thing for Amazon. They're always fighting for the, they get the most volume and the most sales, but unless you're a, a large company with a lot of resources to, to burn, you know, because you're, you're not only trying to sell, but you're trying to get brand recognition, you know, that's the way to do it. But if you're really trying to dial down and just get sales and hot, you know, get a, a profit, you know, really dial down on profit rather than just, you know, exposure. That's also a great technique. And I love that. Yes, definitely. We, we give everyone those techniques in terms of even when you're starting out on Amazon and you're trying to rank, start with those long tail keywords. So great advice, especially for folks that are starting their own Shopify stores. You have a lot of people moving off of Amazon onto Shopify and it's tough because, you know, in the beginning, nobody knows your Shopify site, especially not Google. So Joe's giving you some gold here to focus on those longer tail keywords so that you can possibly rank for those rather than just focusing on, you know, a, a very short keyword phrase. It's going to be really hard up against all those other websites that are really ranked for those. So Joe, what platforms are you using for your storefronts? Well, I mean, we're only using Shopify for now. Well, we, we do have one real estate related store that's on WordPress and WooCommerce. I mean, we built everything in Shopify. We're not like totally dedicated, you know, to, to Shopify. We may build some WooCommerce stores in, in the future. Maybe our next store will be on WooCommerce just to, just to kind of change it up a bit. I think, um, and I'm not saying it, you shouldn't go on Shopify. Um, I'm just saying that I think we, you're not married to it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not married to it. There's a couple of things I'd like to experiment with in the future. Um, especially, you know, the robustness that WordPress can offer in terms of SEO that, that Shopify can't, Yes. um, you know, I find to, to really set up your site structure properly on Shopify, uh, very difficult, takes a lot of manual work. Um, so, so yeah, but yeah, that, that, that's about yeah. it. So, and yeah. how many different types of, of, stores do you have right now? Do you guys have like, do you set up kind of new stores for every time you have like a new niche? Like you got one for lawnmowers, one for patio furniture, one for, do you guys have multiple different stores? We do have multiple different stores. Uh, I think we have like four right now, but we've sold three and I mean, we've, we've done a bunch of them, um, but we don't make new stores for different niches. It's just, we actually don't recommend that at all because people try and make things that are too specific and then they run into issues with that particular niche and now they can't uh, do anything else because they made their domain name all lawnmowers, only lawnmowers, direct.com. And so it's, it'll be dumb for them to try something else. Um, but if you just had a lawn care website or even anything, like you're not going to buy a lawnmower, just you buy a lawnmower off any site realistically, as long as right. it makes some sort of sense. So we're not about, you know, doing it's like, new domains. It's cumbersome. It's like the Wayfair example, right? Wayfair yeah. pretty much sells everything, you know? So if you go with something kind of a more general brand name, that is uh, a little bit better. So what about add-ons or plugins? What would you guys say the add-ons or plugins that you use that are absolutely essential to your business? Um, you're going to want to pop up software to collect emails. So there's Privy, which is good for that. Um, there's another one that which does like a little spinny wheel that you can check out of some sort of pop-up software that integrates to an email solution, whether that's, you know, Aweber or you could even use Privy still and um, review software. But honestly, what's great is that 
none of these things are like 100% essential. And that's why we like dropshipping so much because it's, if you could just find a good supplier that has a little competition, then people are going to, and it has brand recognition, people are going to search for it and you're going to come up and they're going to buy it. Even if there's no reviews, even if you're not collecting the emails and doing all this fancy stuff, that stuff is great as something to build off of. And we definitely recommend it, but it's not totally necessary. Just as long as your website looks nice and you're almost beating the market because people are searching for things, you're coming up, they see you as one of few options. So they have to buy from you. And they're already trusting you because you're selling a brand that's well-known, right? So yeah. it's, it's yeah. a little and bit I think, easier I think, than just starting with something that's completely not well-known. And then you've got you to have a little bit more of that, that trust factor built in, right? Yeah. And that's a, that's a total uphill battle because if there's no, they, they come across you, first of all, you can't really do any sort of search traffic that targets the brand because they don't know the brand yet. So you're stuck on getting basically just generic traffic. And then you have to work them down the funnel from there to be like, okay, there's this brand, this looks good, but they're probably going to go and they're probably going to search for other brands, especially if it's expensive or at least like search the brand again to see reviews or to see comparisons. So yeah, you definitely want something that has, I mean, any brand in the U S is going to have some sort of recognition and even our stores now get recognition because we drive so much traffic to them. So we get, you know, hundreds of hits a month are people searching our, our store names and our brand. So yeah, it's uh, having, having the brand recognition out the gate is what makes it so simple for someone because they're not, someone's coming into this just to kind of generate some income, hopefully quit their job, hopefully do this full time. It's, it's hard for them to grasp all these things. You have to make a website. Now you have to learn how to brand yourself and drive traffic and, you know, bring them down the funnel. Um, Dropshipping just kind of allows you to cut right through that. So let's make a little transition here back to KDP. You guys have given us some awesome insight into your um, dropshipping business. And it seems like you're making plenty of money with your dropshipping business where that KDP money would be kind of not really worth your time anymore. But what are you guys doing with KDP now? And, um, and you know, what do you find that's working? Well, the good thing about KDP is that it doesn't actually take much time. That's, uh, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of the beauty of it is that, like I said, you know, you, once you get the books up and you drive traffic to them, like there's not, the, 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 the things you need to do are very, very straightforward. So yeah, there's, it is, it is worth our time because it's not much, much time at all. You know, Mike publishes the books, he researches the books, we get them, he gets them published. And uh, since we were discussing Facebook ads, uh, I'll run the Facebook ads to the book. You know, Michael do our VA or Michael do like the email marketing. So just like selling on Amazon, um, when you're selling Kindle books on Amazon, it's about boosting the algorithm and getting yourself to those like bestseller spots. So, you know, every time we launch a book or a box set, you know, we... we, Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Every time we launch a book or a box set, um, you know, we do try and drive that drive that external traffic from Facebook and from our email list um, to get it up in, into the rankings uh, as high as we can go. Um, but one one key difference here, because we were talking about Facebook ads before, is that 
you're not really trying to sell them anything when you're driving your face, when you're driving Facebook traffic to your Kindle books. Um, because most people who read on Kindle and you target, you, you can target on Facebook for this. Um, they have what's called uh, Kindle unlimited. So they pay a certain amount a month and they can read kind of as many books as they want. So they essentially read that book for free and we get paid um, because of the paid reads. Um, so people don't even have to buy the book for us to make money. So it's not even like a hard sale on Facebook where you have to bring them through a funnel and do all this complicated stuff. It's literally like you just drive them traffic to the book. Maybe they'll borrow the book. Maybe they won't, but you know, a good amount of them will, and that'll boost the rankings. More people will see it on Amazon. Um, so yeah, that's basically how it works. That's awesome. So can we talk a little bit about, um, can you guys give folks some tips on how you figure out which books that you want to get into that you want to like, find books to publish, what kind of content that you're publishing. Um, you talked a little bit about how you're driving traffic, which I think is awesome. Um, but how do you, what's your process for, for finding new ideas to put out there on KDP? Mm -hmm. So we do fiction, like I said earlier. And the reason for that is it goes a little bit hand in hand with what Joe was saying is people come and they read your book, but they'll also want to read more of your books. It's not like they're just reading a book on herbal medicine and then that's it. They'll probably never buy another book again about it. But with this, you have a lot of lifetime customer value built in. So what we do, what we do is we go into the Kindle market. We see what type of books are actually selling and it's all about writing to market. It's not about, I have this grand book idea and I want it to be the next Harry Potter. I want to be the next JK Rowling. It's about looking on the marketplace, seeing what works and really being able to model those themes and even just like the way the covers look not copying at all but you can see a trend you can see okay out of the top 100 books in this category they all have this type of background they all have this type of person on the cover they all have this type of font and so the market is telling you how to make sales because readers want specific things they want a, a certain certain elements so that's really how we do it and you know every three months or so, I'll message my writer, I say, hey, new series, four books. I want this and this and this and this and this. And then she'll make the outline and say, great. And she'll write the books. So yeah, it really does not take up a lot of time at all. Awesome. And are, you know, Quick question, Mike, are, are, you, are you hiring local or are you outsourcing to another country or just curious on cost wise? Because I know that if you hire you know, an accomplished author, you know, from the States, you're, you can look at some pretty hefty fees. Are you guys, you know, doing outsourcing uh, to other countries or are you going local or accommodation? They're in the U.S. They're okay. native English, uh, American writers. Okay. I mean, if I can find someone that can write well <laughs> overseas, I, I would, I would hire them, I guess. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a range of um, rates you can pay. And I think we probably are on the lower end of that, but we still are able to have our readers be happy. And I don't know, I, I don't really buy into the idea that spending, you know, like eight times what we pay a writer would result in better rankings because we've had books that hit the top 100 before of all Kindle. And that once you hit the top 100, it gets a little bit more vicious in terms of the reviews you get, but it hasn't been anything terrible. So, no, I, 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 uh, I think you're, you can easily find a U.S. writer and pay them a, 
reasonable yeah. rate to go. You can also, in. yeah, you could also pair that, you know, get, get a writer who maybe is not the most accomplished, but then, you know, hire an editor at the end to kind of polish it too. You know, that might be a little more high price. So cool. I that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's awesome. I don't, I, yeah. They don't need crazy accolades. They just need to have some sort of writing ability. And uh, again, as long as you're keeping like the themes on point and even just, just study a couple um, books on the marketplace. I've had um, like my friends write books and it, 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 they've done, they've done fine. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And I love, um, you know, uh, you know, lately I've been kind of into Russell Brunson. I, I mentioned him a lot because uh, the more I, the more I read and the more I listen to him, the, the more I think he's a genius, at least marketing wise. Um, you know, one of the things he always says is like, don't reinvent the wheel, right? Don't like, that's why like he goes, you know, find the best funnel that's converting in your niche and just copy it. You know, like click funnels is all about just copying it. And, you know, you made the great point where, you know, on Amazon, you know, you can find some books that, that have been selling really well and, and play off of that. And, uh, you know, for example, like Harry Potter, right? You, I mean, you got some core elements there that you could copy, which is like a kid who can do magic. They go to school, you know, all these like kind of elements that you could pull out of that, you know, storyline and, and, you know, make your own. Um, so I, I really like that, how you guys are kind of reverse engineering that. That's, that's really cool. Um, getting a little bit back away from business, more of kind of like, you know, what you guys are doing on a day to day. Um, did you have any, you know, any big hurdles, you know, in any of your businesses, you know, that you guys ran into? I know you talked about uh, getting suspended on Amazon. I feel like getting suspended on Amazon is kind of like a, is kind of like a requirement, right? We did, we started, we're, we're old school. We started in 2011 and uh, we also got uh, banned from Amazon. Um, and I think it lasted for about three months. Um, you know, there, I feel like it, it's kind of a badge of, of honor in terms of, you know, you need to, especially now you need to push the limits. I'm not saying, you know, back then we weren't cheating or anything. We just, I think we got banned because we weren't shipping fast enough or something, you know, and it's just, you know, one of those things where there's a learning curve. Um, but I feel like if you're not, you know, I, I don't like black hat, I don't like cheating, but on the flip side, um, if you're not utilizing what's working in the marketplace now and kind of being on the cutting edge there, you're losing out. But on that note, did you guys have any major, you know, whether it was business-wise, personal-wise, any, you know, major uh, hurdles that you guys got through and kind of how you did that? Well, uh, I did want to add one thing, if it's okay, Jen, and I'll get right into that about the uh, the publishing thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Please do. As far as like, I'm sure you have a certain taste in music or maybe you've heard certain music or watched certain TV shows that maybe you thought were absolutely terrible, but then someone else loved it. And you can't imagine, like, how can they like this? Like, it's so bad. Uh, so it's kind of like the same thing. You know what I'm saying? TV shows so, too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There, you know, there are certain TV shows that are very, very popular that, you know, I just can't even fathom how, you know, the writing's terrible, everything's terrible, but they still made it to the top. So one person's trash is another person's uh, person's treasure. So you know, as long as you're following the the themes and you know doing what Mike said, then then you should be good to go. But as far as business struggles, I think overall, and this ties into what we were talking about before, where you're saying, you know, there's a lot of, oops, I don't know what the timer's for. There's a lot of core sellers out there that are maybe not like doing the things they say they're doing and they're repurposing other stuff. I think we've been pretty fortunate since the beginning. Uh, you know, we got started not in 2011, like you said, but like I started in 2014. And I feel like stuff back then, uh, back in the, in the good old days, it wasn't like it was now. Like there wasn't these crazy YouTube ads. And, you know, I, the way I got started was I listened to the, the Pat Flynn podcast 
he had someone named Jessica LaRue on who did retail arbitrage. And it just so happened that when I, I got that course, I mean, of course I was skeptical at first. I didn't think, oh, am I really going to be able to find stuff at retail stores and resell them on Amazon? But lo and behold, I, you know, I gave it a shot. It worked. I think having that, um, that first initial success with online business really kind of set me up and Mike up as well. Uh, Cause he obviously was able to see that I was doing it, you know, with the right mentality of like, Oh, this, this stuff actually works. And it wasn't this whole like world of like skepticism and, you know, all the stuff that you, that you see today. And I see, I see it sometimes in our own, in our own comment section on YouTube. It's like, so yeah, I think we were pretty fortunate in that regard to where overall, I think, you know, it's been, it's been smooth sailing because we've had that, you know, I'm, I'm going to get into the challenges in a second, but we've, we had those wins early to see that we can do it. So now when we hit a road bump, we're just like, Oh, and how are we going to get past this? So we have that the mentality of getting past it. So, but as far as struggles, uh, like I mentioned, SEO for me was a major, major, major struggle when we started. I just didn't understand. I just didn't, you know, it takes at least a good year or two, you know, oftentimes more to put together not only all of the pieces that you need to know to do it properly, but how to strategize it properly for your business, you know, because like Amy was saying, um, or I don't know if it was you or Amy, but everyone wants to go after that, that keyword, like, oh, the best, the best lawnmower or the lawnmower on Amazon. But that might not even be the best move for your, for your business. You know, maybe people searching for a lawnmower aren't likely to buy, you know, maybe you have a push uh, lawnmower that doesn't have like uh, gas or electrical components and it's just like a pure push one, pure mechanical. Maybe someone searching for lawnmower might not even want to buy that. So it, it was really, you know, it took a good year or two of understanding not only good technical SEO tactics, but combining them, um, the strategy for whatever business that we want to do. Because we have blog sites and content sites, Amazon affiliate sites as well, which we didn't talk about. But, you know, yeah, that, that was a major struggle because the Google SEO feedback loop is so long, is so long. If you do something, you're not going to know if it works three to eight months later or longer. So- mm-hmm. That's been a that's that's been a major struggle. Um, you know, Amazon suspension. Mike, what other what other struggles that you think we we've, we've had? I feel like we struggle every day because <laughs> <laughs> you're always pushing forward, and there's going to be new obstacles to jump through all the time. You know, we we struggled at hiring people at first. We didn't know how to do that. Uh, now, event now it's like we can hire someone and integrate them so much quicker. And people really don't understand the idea that like when you start out at something, don't expect to be good at it. Expect to put in the hard work and eventually you can get good at that, get good at another thing, get good at another thing. And it really does build. And so what we try to tell our students and we try to cultivate ourselves is just this uh, mindset and the ability to just be able to push through challenges without necessarily looking for the answer from someone else right away which is maybe counterproductive because we sell courses and we have a membership where people can ask us questions, but we've noticed the number one driver to success is that innate ability to just get in there, focus and solve the problem. Yeah. yeah. I think one, one of the hardest uh, things to learn, even for, I mean, uh, you know, I, Mike, I love that you said you struggle every day. If you're not struggling on something every single day, you're not an entrepreneur, <laughs> right? That's like part of the, of the process. Failure is absolutely part of the process. And, you know, it wasn't until recently, you know, after we, you know, once again, you know, 
as an entrepreneur, you should also be like taking time every single week to learn something, right? You know, to listen to a podcast, to read a book, to do something to better yourself. Um, but I also think that there's something to be said about, you know, becoming an expert in something, right? So like, Mike, it sounds like you're kind of the, the KDP guy on the team. You know, that's kind of more your wheels. Joe is more of the, the drop shipping, you know, SEO. And that's good because when you guys split it up like that, you know, then you can go really deep in, in, you know, certain things. So, um, you know, for me, I've got everything in my wheelhouse because I've, you know, done it for so long, but that's something else I'm also learning as of late is, you know, sometimes it's better to go narrow than, than to go wide. So, um, you guys are giving a, a lot of great, uh, tips and I, and I love that, um, you know, as people progress, they, they start learning that, that, you know, the failure is just part of the process. So uh, that being said, guys, what, uh, you know, I always like to ask this at the end, because either I get a good suggestion um, or I get to hear kind of the, the, you know, what you guys are into, but like, what are your favorite, you know, as of recently books, podcasts, motivational materials, kind of what are you guys into right now? Joe, you can go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To be honest with you, I mean, I like to, I have certain people online that I, I guess, like you said, because we split stuff up. I, you know, I tend to be very like, at least at this point, well, I guess in general, I tend to be very tactics oriented, whereas Mike is more like higher level, bigger, bigger objective oriented. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not so much into like one particular like thing lately. I guess I just took a course, uh, John, one of John Dykstra's courses on Pinterest. So I've been into that lately. Um, but into learning a lot about gardening and it's kind of funny because, you know, I kind of <laughs> take when, when you, when you asked me the question about, and I, and I said, Oh, nothing's really been a struggle. I meant what I meant with that was that, you know, I haven't, I don't really have any mental anguish about the struggles that we face. So it's not really a struggle. You know, I've come to enjoy yeah. uh, the, the challenges, the challenges that we do face every day. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I do, yeah, learning different things is important, but I, I mean, I've been really kind of into gardening lately. Uh, it, doesn't know, it doesn't always have to be about business, but you know, what's funny is that a lot of the mindset things that I learned in business, it definitely translate to learning new things. And that's, you know, before when I would look up gardening, it's always something I wanted to do. So before when I would look up videos, I'd be like, oh, this is too hard. I can't, I can't be bothered with this right now. But you know, in like the past month or so, I'm like, no, I'm ordering this. I'm ordering this. I'm ordering this. The same way I would do with buying a course to where it forces you. I bought all this stuff and it arrives at my house. So I'm like, all right, I got to take action now because I bought all this stuff. So yeah, that's, I don't know if that's the answer to the question you're looking for. Um, but yeah, like you can see, I bought this little microgreens tray. Uh, <laughs> that's some that's awesome. No, I, I love that. I love that because, uh, it's uh you know it doesn't necessarily have to be you know something for your business and right now you know it's sometimes it it, we need to escape right like there's so much going on in the world where it's nice to have a little escape um you know my wife's always been fairly big into gardening i'm not huge into gardening but it was fun like you know we bought some organic potatoes at the store and and they started sprouting on their own i threw them in the ground and they're growing like crazy right now so it's (laughs) that's my extent but um but i like that how you know uh, that, that can translate. Um, and, and, uh, Mike, what about you? You were kind of giggling at, at Joe though. Are you making fun of his gardening? I think it's pretty funny. I don't I didn't expect <laughs> him to have the microgreens right there next to, I didn't know we were talking in front of, you know, baby. Yeah, that, the there we go. He's, it's cleaning the air for him. He's getting a clean, clean <laughs> yeah. air in his office. I like it. 
Um, yeah, let's, I think last good book I read was, uh, never split the difference by Chris Voss. Uh, it's just about like negotiation and stuff like that. And as we're doing more real estate stuff, I found that to be relevant, but yeah, aside from that, you know, we both do, uh, Brazilian jujitsu and we have been able to do that in the last couple months, but that is really, I think one of the best learning experiences and, um, most translational things to online business, because it really shows you that like you can take steps every day and feel like you're making no progress, but at the end of a year, at the end of two years, you're going to be much better along than, than you, you were. So yeah, I think that's really one of the best tools for mindset and for, uh, just getting out of your head and just taking action and showing up every day. Awesome. So uh, you guys talked a little bit about real estate. So I love to ask this question too. Like, what are you guys into right now? Like what's kind of your next endeavor? And then after that, you know, let people know where they can, where, where they can get a hold of you guys, uh, you know, feel free to, to plug away in terms of, you know, what you, what you want, want to share with people. Yeah. We're uh, experimenting with uh, buying some land right now and selling that as like its own e-commerce store, its own drop shipping store, essentially. So yeah, we're, we're, we're drop shipping land now, but if you want to find us and learn about not land, but, drop shipping, Kindle publishing, uh, SEO blog type stuff. It's buildassetsonline.com. We have a free course that is buildassetsonline.com slash playbook, which shows you our structure of how we diversify our online business portfolio and how you can do the same thing. And yeah, I'd say go there first and just, uh, choose your path. Awesome. Yeah. We, we, uh, like I said, my wife uh, started, uh, we've always been in, into real estate. We've done a bunch of live-in flips. She just did her first uh, full-blown flip uh, recently. And so that's something we're into it uh, as well. But it's kind of funny because when you, when you talk to Amazon people uh, or, or the, just kind of this world in general, you have a ton of people that, that start Amazon and go real estate, or you have a ton of people that start with real estate, go Amazon. It's kind of funny how uh, those two seem a little, a little symbiotic. Uh, Cause uh, you know, it, I see on both sides, uh, you know, now that I'm getting more into real estate, I see that more and more people uh, do that. So that's interesting. Thank you so much uh, for being on here, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Um, I know uh, I always learn something from every guest we have. Uh, so, you know, that's always awesome. One of the perks of, of having a podcast. I know Amy does too. We really appreciate you guys being on. And uh, if you guys haven't uh, joined us live yet, uh, make sure that you jump on live because you get to, to ask, uh, you know, people like Joe and Mike, kind of a little more behind the scenes when you come on live. Uh, we're going to end the uh, recording here, but we, we stay a little bit after and, and uh, you know, pick their brain a little bit more. So uh, if you guys want to join us, we do it every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Sellaroundtable.com forward slash live if you want to jump in here. If you guys haven't done it yet, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We've got some recent reviews that are awesome and uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, whether the reviews are good or bad, we don't care. We just love getting feedback from you guys. Also reach out to us, let us know what you guys want to learn. Um, we've been kind of big into to drop shipping, KDP, all that kind of stuff now. Uh, and it seems like we kind of follow, you know, what we're kind of getting into a little bit more, uh, both Amy and I. So that's kind of fun. And, uh, and I, I love the passive income stuff to me, like, you know, like when I used to do the, uh, do the app business, absolutely loved it. So I think diversifying uh, as well is a great idea. So, um, you know, you want to stay focused on your Amazon business, but don't be afraid to, to branch out a little bit. Uh, thank you guys again uh, for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Seller Roundtable. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. 
sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.